Well, folks, that sounded like a good one. I think we are just nailing our audio cues today, which is an excellent sign, because when you hear that tune, it means you are in for a treat because it's time for another week of the Rec Poker podcast. So I just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us. If you don't know what Rec Poker is about, we're a seriously fun group of recreational players. We love poker. We love sharing our love of poker. We love learning about poker together and beating each other. Because uh, that's how you keep score in this wonderful game that we've come to enjoy. Um, but most of what we do here is free. It's a largely volunteer organization. So I have to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino. And of course, uh, Mark Prashan over at Website Amp. Um, but it's not just our sponsors. We rely a lot on our premium members and our wrecking crew members to help make the magic happen over here at Rec Poker. So I'd be remiss without uh, thanking Rich Dietz, who's been a great premium member for a while. Um, a constant uh, presence in our online play and hang on Tuesday nights. And uh, he's been kicking butt in the poker world. And I hope that uh, Rich is doing great. I look forward to chatting with him again soon. Um, I just want to say, if you're listening to this live on YouTube, we encourage all our, uh, not just members, anyone can come and join us live for free on YouTube while we're recording, type their questions in for our guests. And we even do a, uh, we even do a draw for a prize at the end of the session. So it's completely free come and join up with us and have a good time um, enjoying what we do here on poker uh, at rec poker. So I've got the best job in the world. I don't know if I said it, but my name's Jim Reed. I'm Blusterini in the home game. And you can find out about me by going to rec.poker slash crew. And you can also find out about other members of our wrecking crew, like this guy over here. So I'm Chris Jones. You can find me five B five on Twitter or five by five in the poker stars home game. And uh, I'm excited to announce that we are doing a special recording today. This is a very gym-centric recording because we're recording it on my birthday and we're releasing it on Canada Day. And so who better to have on the show than the one and only Kara Scott, a fellow Canuckian and a wonderful uh, person in the poker world. So I can't wait to get to know you a little better over the course of this conversation, Kara. Well, first of all, happy birthday and I mean, <laughs> happy Canada Day. Yeah. But nice. thank you so much. I'm so glad to be on. I, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of obviously recreational poker and I'm a big fan of Canada. So <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that was one of the things that um, I, was in, I was thinking about when we, uh, when we talked about getting you on the show. Um, you've played a lot of different roles in the poker world. You've obviously played a lot of poker, but you've been in front of the camera for a lot of it as well. Um, I think you've probably done more of the actual work of production behind the scenes than people know. Um, but I'd be really curious to know in your own mind, uh, sort of where do you, what do you, how do you, what do you consider your role to be in the poker world today? Oh, you know what, for me, that's actually become kind of a, it's a difficult one over the last few years because it's really had to evolve. Like my role in the beginning was always broadcaster who played poker. You know, my very first kind of introduction to Texas Hold'em because I'd played poker, but more like five card stud when I was a kid. My big introduction was actually getting a job broadcasting a, a poker, an online poker show that was actually on a, like a super high cable number in England. And we were on through the middle of the night and we looked at online poker and I had to learn how to play basically live while people emailed in and <laughs> told me what they thought. And that was fun, um, as you can imagine. But they were actually an amazing community. Like I, I'm still actually in touch 
on a fairly regular basis with some of the people that I met who were just viewers of that show. And we still like, what's up? We were sending each other pictures of our like kitchen renovations yesterday. Like it's, it's nice. I, that for me was a big deal, but then I started playing more and then I started winning when which was really nice. Uh, but I've never been a pro. I mean, winning is awesome. That's, we we hey, do like winning. Yeah, that's the- <laughs> <laughs> but I think my role has always kind of been ambassador, whether that means as a broadcaster or an ambassador for like, at the moment, I'm an ambassador for eight at eight and I have been for years. And I, you know, I get to, when I'm able to travel, I get to travel to the eight at eight live stops and see people and kind of host events and be there. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, but you are right. I actually do more behind the scenes now than I ever did before. Um, before I got into poker, I was a TV producer. Uh, I used to produce sports shows. Yeah. In England, which is, you know, like, uh, I used to be, a, a, um, I did Muay Thai a long time ago uh, and I was never that good at it, but I loved it. And then I ended up doing a TV show about it where I was the host, but also the producer for it. Mm. So now I'm kind of producing again, which is fun. I'm working with some really great guys, um, and we're producing, you know, poker videos kind of thing where I'm, yeah, working with editors and sound people and kind of getting back to my roots, which is fun. And I can do it from home, which is nice. It's been good the last few years. <laughs> oh, that sounds, I'm so excited for you. Uh, we we do a lot of stuff here, kind of working with volunteers and friends and cobbling things together. As you may have noticed, our production values are slightly lower than most, but this is recreational no. player here. So, uh, but yeah. that's, that's great. I'm so excited for you to have, to be back into that. You obviously enjoy it. Just listening to the way that you talk about it. Um, so what, what are, what are some of the things about that, that uh, speak to you that, that you get excited about um, that particular aspect of what you're doing right now? Well, it was actually during the like lockdown of the pandemic when the guys got in touch with me and they're awesome. It's a company called Snapcall and it started by the guys who did a lot of stuff with poker listings way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they're friends of mine. They're people that I, and they're Canadians and they're people that I like, you know, like just genuinely like, and they said, would you be interested? And I was kind of losing my mind a little bit at that point. Like I didn't have a lot of free time to be honest because I had a like a two-year-old at that point and you know no help so like uh, it was that was a lot but I was able to pick up like even just 20 hours a month where I could interact with other people and we'd have zoom calls and I got to be one of those people in zoom which I hadn't been before because I was literally just doing toddler things all day and so I was talking to adults and just kind of going back through and being able to look at videos and say actually I do know this stuff I, I used to be good at this and now I can be good at this again. And, you know, I don't know, there's something like, for me, it's always about solving problems and puzzles and that's what poker was and I, and is, and I love about the game, but also video production is the same. It's like where this could be better. Put your finger on why, like figure out how to fix it. And, or just even scheduling all the other ambassadors at 88 poker, like to wrangle them to make these Zoom call videos that we were making during the lockdowns, like just getting kind of that done. It was fun. It was really fun. That's awesome. Well, fun's the key. Um, yeah. So I, I, I know we've got some folks uh, watching along on YouTube here, and I'll encourage any of them to type their questions into the chat there. We've got one from uh, Dark Angel, who's a friend of ours on Twitter. Um, Kara, what do you think of your new ambassador, Ian Simpson? Also, does his laugh do your head in? <laughs> Tell the truth yeah. as I know him and in real life and pull his leg always. <laughs> we had him on oh the show God. a few weeks ago. He does seem like a fun character. 
Yeah, I think I heard him say that he was going to be on the show as well. And I was like, snap, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, we have not like properly met yet, but we've been talking on WhatsApp and kind of, and I'm working with him as well on some strategy videos that he's making for cool. eight at eight, obviously. Yep. And he's great. Like he's been so nice. Like he, you know, he sent me a message. I don't think he'll mind me saying, but just saying like, you know, who is the person who's in charge of this at eight at eight? And I was like, Oh, is there something wrong? Can I help? And he was like, no, they're awesome. Like whatever they're doing, they're doing a great job. And I want to tell them that. And I was like, like, Oh, I love you. That's so friend, sweet. You know, Uh-oh, it's so man. sweet. <laughs> saying thank you people when they do a good job is so underrated. Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah. all need to hear that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. I, I think he's great. Nice. And life tip yeah. for folks, if you're out there and you're dealing with a, ser- a customer service person or something, um, mm-hmm. one of the nicest things you can do for them is to just say something nice about what they've done to help you that day and offer to tell a supervisor or something like that. Yeah. It's, it costs you nothing to go tell their boss that they made a nice impact on your day, but it can be really impactful for them. And uh, like yeah. I say, it's just nice, you know, s- spread some smiles around the world. It's a nice way to, to touch some people. So that's great. That doesn't surprise me at all. I could tell Ian was a big softy as soon as we got him on the air yeah. here. I think he's going to be a good friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, Chris, did you have a question there? Well, I mean, speaking, and I'm not, I'm not just reflecting this back that now telling you that you're doing a great job, but um, I, I also wanted to just chat about uh, the heart of poker a little bit. Um, that's Ooh. been a, a new venture of yours. Uh, I'm a big fan um, and I don't want to put words into your mouth about what it is. I kind of want to ask you, like, how do you describe what makes uh, the heart of poker uh, different from some of the other podcasts out there? Well, to be honest, when I knew that I needed to do a podcast, I was a bit nervous. Like eight at eight said to me, we'd like you to do a podcast. And I was like, oh, there are so many good ones and they're already doing what they do so well. And I don't want to compete with established podcasts that are already doing what they do because people only have a certain amount of time in the day. It has to have a purpose, right? Like there's got to be a reason for it. And that's what I really want to. Uh-oh. Got a little lag there. Let's hope it's temporary. Chris, is it also lagging on your lagging on my end too? Oh, I just heard a little something. All right, she's back. All right, excellent. (laughs) Apparently, I was telling secrets and I got (laughs) that's right. (laughs) What were you saying? Poor things about the Zoom Corporation that they had to come in and (laughs) censor you. Um, But yeah, you you were just saying uh, didn't want to compete with other podcasts, but had this sort of uh, uh, desire to get out there and do something, and and then we just lost you. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I was just trying to think where are my strengths? You know, mm. I'm not going to do a strategy podcast. That's not going to play to my strengths. I'm not, it's not going to be just a straight interview because they're already being done and they're established. And like you guys, people do what they do really well. And I thought I liked learning about people. And I just kind of started like brainstorming and I was brainstorming with a friend of mine and we came up with this. I thought about this article that I'd read about the 36 questions that lead to love in I think the New York Times at the time. And it was people were just doing it. They were taking these 36 questions that these psychologists had come up with as a way to really get to know someone, but to also like to really shortcut intimacy. Mm-hmm. So by the end of this two hour date, you're supposed to fall in love if you know if you're compatible because you had this chance to really go deep in terms of questioning. And I like the idea of that. And I thought, you know, if these are questions that we don't ask people in poker or anyone generally. And again, it was kind of during the pandemic and I was 
really hungry to connect to people and talk to people. And so for me, that's what it was all about, really. And so, and, and what I really wanted to ask you about that is, um, cause I, I really love the format and I think it has been, um, for me, it's been really, uh, refreshing and surprising to hear some of the guests who I, you know, you kind of think, you, not that I know them, like, I don't know them personally, but like, I'm aware of them and they're, you know, famous in the poker world. And I kind of get a sense of maybe who I think they are. And I feel like your podcast, uh, reveals really different sides of people. And I really, I love that. And um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was sort of like, what are the, some of the surprising things that have, have maybe surprised you about doing, doing that format and about the people that you've interviewed? What are some of your favorite interviews? Um, it's a great question. And honestly, thanks for saying nice things about the podcast because I do <laughs> love doing it. <laughs> and it's nice that people like listen. So thank you. Um, but I know what you mean. I have found myself really surprised by some guests. I think the biggest surprise for me was the interview that I did with Ali Najad. And I've worked with him for a really long time because I mean, we've known each other, you know, like 15 years maybe now at this point. But we've never really hung out socially. And so I didn't know much about his life story. And I was incredibly surprised that he just immediately dropped like all these barriers and just was like, this is one of the biggest traumas of my life and how I dealt with it. And I was like, wow, I I hadn't expected that. And I respected it a lot. And I thought that it was going to give people a real insight into who he is. And I and it certainly did that for me and it changed the way that he and I talk to each other now. So it's like, it's not just about the podcast. We like, we've spoken since then a little bit and it, I think it has, it's changed the way I interact with him. And I like that about it, you know? Yeah. I like that about it, but there've been some really great ones. I think Maury Eskandani, I loved interviewing him and he is like best boss ever. I, I couldn't say enough nice things about him when he was finally inducted into the hall of fame. I was so thrilled. And his son is a friend of mine and we both cried and it was really nice. Um, but he told that story about how, you know, he left Iran and then he wasn't able to go back and like just the heartache of that. And again, just kind of seeing people so human, I don't know. I think, we have a tendency to really gloss over things and and I get it. We don't want to look at sometimes the difficult and the ugly. And I totally get that, but I think there's a lot of value in it. <laughs> like just seeing the reality of things, not dwelling on these difficult things, but seeing them and realizing that people go through them and we all go through them and we're not alone when we go through them because it's like the, it's humanity, right? It's just right. the way it is. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things I, I love about, I mean, we, we hear so much about, you know, just Sims and solves and um, you know, people playing in the poker world and you get that, that intensity of like the competition side of it. And you kind of forget the fact that everyone comes to the table with their own personal stories and their own personal backgrounds and their own personal challenges and struggles mm -hmm. and joys. Um, and you know, if it's not them holding up a trophy, maybe that's sort of lost. Right. And that's, that's one of the things that I, I, so, so keep doing it. I'm, I'm a big fan. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it can't all be uh, sunshine and lollipops. There must be some challenges associated with it. my question would be, what's the hardest part of doing a regular podcast like that? Just sky's the limit. What's mm -hmm. the hardest part about for you of doing it? 
Well, initially when I started it, I imagined I was going to do it for a year and it's like a monthly thing. So it was going to be 12 episodes. And I was thinking the important part of it for me was that the whole experiment was about a conversation. So it wasn't an interview. It's about a conversation between two people who both share. And that's what makes people comfortable, you know, to say their own. But then after a while, I've told my stories and I, and I, I wasn't sure how um, personal I wanted to be with it because I've never been personal and open in that way in poker or like in the media before. Um, and so for me, it was like, uh, okay, so do I keep telling stories? Do I change it to an interview? Do I, you know, like open up and how much do I open up? But I'm still kind of figuring that one out for sure. For sure. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm uh, uh, sort of like a famously private person up until a few years ago when I got more involved in rec poker. And uh, yeah. it's been, it's really helped me kind of, I mean, A, it's been great to kind of pull me out of my shell a little bit, which I'm sure we could all could use from, well, most of us <laughs> from time to time. Uh, but it's also made me realize that I'm actually, I'm not as private as I thought I was. I just hate being disturbed. Um, ah, right. Yes. Uh, but I really thought yeah. I was a very private person, but I'm actually not. I just like to be able to left alone when I'm, when I'm putting my mind to something that I'm trying to trying to work on. Um, what, what, mm. what other kind of revelations have you had about yourself uh, from being involved in this, in this project? Hmm. Oof, that's a good one. Um, well, it's kind of the longest running project that I've done on a regular basis. And I'm not sure how long it's like, yeah, because everything else I've done, like I, I do the World Series once a year when I can, um, right. or, you know, I do this, I do that. And, but this is like once a month, I have to figure it out. I have to really think to myself too, like, who should I get on as a guest? And that's a collaboration. It's not all me, you know, eight at eight helps decide, you know, if they want to do this or they want to do that, but then I need to be thinking, who else do I want to have on? I want to have people that are more of a cross-section of poker, but they still have to be people that, you know, others want to kind of listen to. And for me, you know, it's kind of taught me where my blind spots are, I guess, and trying to think. I don't always want to be thinking about the same exact people and all, I don't want the roster of my podcast guests to all look the same, you know, like I want to actually challenge myself to go, ah, maybe I've got some biases that I need to get rid of and just look outside of the box in terms of who I would normally get on a podcast. So that's been good for me, I think. Nice. Um, now, I don't know what the uh, poker scene was like in Italy, or now I know you've moved. I'm not going to dox you, but um, have you had a chance? Have you had a chance to play uh, much poker over the last little while? No, unfortunately, in Italy, um, you can only play on .it, mm. which I could have done, but I mean, especially after my uh, little girl was born, I didn't have a ton of free time. And so I've really struggled with actually playing poker. I played a bit live. I was in um, Madrid right before the lockdowns happened. And that was amazing. I'm glad I went because that was super nice. And I played some poker. It was fun. And actually, the first tournament that I played coming back after my maternity leave was um, 888 Live in Barcelona. And I actually won the ladies event in that. And I was really proud of myself. So, cause you know, uh, it was actually the second event I played. I played the main and I just completely tanked the main and it was weird. <laughs> my brain had turned to mush. I hadn't played for so long. I was yeah. sitting there. I was like, oh my God, Aces, what do I do? I was 
like complete newbie. And then I finally calmed down, played the ladies event and that, and I won it, which was really nice, but I don't play a lot, unfortunately live. And I'm looking forward to getting back to that. And now where I live, I actually can play.com so I can reset that all up and that'll be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know a lot of our uh, listeners are recreational players. Some of them might be heading down to the world series uh, this year to take a, take a shot. And I think um, that experience that you've talked about of kind of feeling rusty that you're not quite sure, you know, how to handle it in the moment. um, What, what helped you with that? Uh, Is it just, you just have to place like some practice tournaments or some low buy-in tournaments first to kind of get the mojo back? Or is there something you can do off the felt to prepare yourself better for it? Um, I think being prepared and feeling prepared for me was a big part of it. So especially for the World Series, one of the things that I always tell people who are going either for the first time, well, actually, it's kind of the first time for all of us now because it's about, right. yeah, good point. you know, go and check it out ahead of time, figure out where the rooms are, know where you're going, know where you're going to park, like everything's new now, figure out maybe where the food venues are and what you're going to eat, know where the bathrooms are, like just feel comfortable so that you're not in a panic when you arrive because you can't find this or you haven't got your ticket for there or, you know, like that kind of preparation, I think is the biggest part. And it always was for me too. Like, don't feel silly about sitting down and being there on time for the first hand. Like, that's awesome. Do that. Make yourself comfortable. And yeah, that was always really key for me. Nice. Now we've got a couple more comments here in the, uh, in the chat. So, um, uh, dark angel is saying that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, great players that are totally underrated that you get a chance to come on the podcast. Yeah, I think that's right. And I like what you're saying, Kara, about having sort of a, a different cross-section of guests. Because, um, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, a lot of people do just kind of do the podcast circuit and you can kind of hear them all, one after sure. another within a few weeks of each other. And the stories are kind of similar. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's it's, it's interesting to hear from them. But uh, there are so many interesting characters in the poker world. Um, it, who's Who's one person... That regardless of whether 888 would want them on the uh, show or not, who's one person that you would like to have on the show sometime in the next little while, assuming that you could add your druthers? I mean, if they'd say yes. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I would love to get either Tom Dwan or Phil Ivey on because they don't really do that. You know, like they, they aren't doing the super personal interviews and I'm curious to get to know them. Like I'd like to actually do that to figure out where they are in their lives right now. But I think they're both incredibly private and that's just not something they're going to do. Um, I really wanted to get Linda Johnson uh, yes. and Jan Fisher on maybe together. I think that would be amazing. And the whole plan was we were setting it up and then the lockdowns happened and we didn't end up going to Vegas. We were going to do it live in the first year that we were doing it. So Yeah. And then it didn't happen because they didn't want to do like the Zoom podcast with me. They just were like, oh, we don't have the camera. You know, the microphone is kind of a pain in the ass. Like, let's do it live. And I love them. Yes. So there won't be time, unfortunately, for me in Vegas this year because I'm flying literally in the day before and then out. But um, I would love to get them for sure. The stories are amazing. So. Yeah, they've seen some things, so they, they have a yeah, chance yeah. to share some good, some good uh, stories. So, what what are your Vegas plans this year? When um, when are you going mm-hmm. in? What are you playing, and uh, what are you looking forward to? 
Well, I will not be able to play, unfortunately. I'm going to be flying in. I won't even, yeah, I know, no, no, not even a single tournament this time, which is sad, but I do get to go, so I'm yes. not complaining yeah. um, <laughs> at all. I'm not going to be on my coverage either for the, for the day ones because I had to shorten my trip. It's just, it's really tough because I, childcare is kind of an issue for me. And so that's something that, you know, I just can't go for three weeks. Mm-hmm. like I used to. And I'm hoping next year I can, but this year I can't. So they were super kind to me so that I could not go for the day ones and I'll start on the coverage after that. I'm flying in, I think the, like the eighth or something, and then I'll start on the ninth, just like hit the ground running. Hopefully jet lag won't <laughs> be too brutal. And then I fly <laughs> back home as soon as we're done. So. That's great. Well, that's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a weird, it's the first year at Bally's, of course, uh, lots of things are going to be different. Um, you hear all these kind of uh, mixed reports about how things are going down there logistically. Um, yeah. Are you, what kind of, uh, what kind of precautions are you taking? Are you worried about getting COVID? Like what's on your mind as you head over there? I mean, COVID kind of a terrible thing to get. Like, I don't yeah. want to get it in terms of, I mean, I'm not scared of having a small fever and a cough if that's, you know, if I was lucky enough just to have it mildly, but I do really think that a lot of the research says that there's long-term effects that we just don't quite even know yet. And the ones we do know, not great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if I'm going to be getting this for the rest of my life, periodically, I want to minimize the number of times as much as I can. So yeah, like, and also I'm going to have to quarantine when I come back because I, my four-year-old actually has a lung issue, um, uh, that with. Yeah, which has been an absolute nightmare through this pandemic because we've had to be incredibly careful about isolating with her through most of it. And now that's not really possible anymore. And so we're just, you know, carefully kind of moving through. So I'm going to be going in. I will be wearing a mask no matter how crazy everyone looks at me. They do it yep. here anyway. Me too. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm literally the only person in shops. Uh, I, I'm living in Slovenia now, um, and there is zero masking here. And in Italy, it's a very common thing to have your mask on in a shop or whatever, and it's not looked at as strange at all. But here, it's like almost there's almost it's almost a little aggressive, like you know, like what the hell are you doing? And I want to say, like, I have a little girl who has a lung issue, and I'm trying. I have to be more careful, but also I just really don't want to, you know, I don't want to catch it. And if I have, right. it, I want to give it to you. And like, but yeah. nobody wants to hear it, and I get that. Um, so yeah, I'll be wearing it on my way to work. I won't be able to wear it obviously on camera. Right. Um, I'm not going to be doing as much kind of going into the field and talking to people as I normally would because I just, you know, which is a shame. But hey, I'm we're, do we're my- poker players, not gamblers. You know, yeah, right? Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. So um, why Slovenia? Like you, you've got this international allure. You're, you know, this Canadian kid uh, out on the world doing great, exploring all these fantastic places. Um, I guess, well, first, what made you decide to settle in Italy? Because I know you lived there mm-hmm. for quite a while. Um, and then what made you decide to uh, move to Slovenia? Well, I'd been living in Italy um, and then moved to Slovenia, actually, I don't even remember when, like 2015 or something, and lived in Slovenia here for like four years. And it was amazing. And then I had my daughter and I'm, I was like, as much as I love this country, I am struggling to learn the language mm. and it doesn't, and I don't, I don't, I didn't want her to grow up feeling so foreign. Like I didn't want her to be an expat kid who went to English schools. I wanted her to like 
live somewhere that she felt like she belonged and she's half Italian and half Canadian. So I was like, Italy is literally two and a half hours from here by car. Like it's not far. Right. And all of her grandparents and her cousins live there. So we moved back there just so that she would have that experience. But then almost immediately, like within six months, the pandemic started and um, we weren't actually able to see most of those people anyways. And she wasn't either. And finally it was just like, ugh. I love Italy. I do genuinely love it, but it's hard because a lot of things don't work. And that's not a function of the people. The people are amazing, but the government and the bureaucracy there is just stifling. Mm. So Slovenia, I'll tell you, one of the most ecologically sustainable, like eco-friendly, forward-thinking, progressive countries in all of Europe. They actually were like the green capital. This city is the green capital of Europe a few years ago. It was the number one tourist destination in Europe a few years ago. It is an absolute gem. It's an amazing place. And it's a good place for her to grow up. It's super green. There's tons of parks. Like they love kids and it's really geared towards yeah, sustainability. Like you can't even live kind of super capitalistically here, even if you wanted to, they make it really hard. <laughs> so that's good. It's good for her. So yeah, I like it. That's awesome. Well, I've been to Ljubljana once uh, yeah. as part of a backtracking, a backpacking tour that I took when I was younger. And it's, it's just, it's a beautiful part of the world. I know mm-hmm. that whole part of it. So um, I understand the attraction there. Uh, any plans to get back to uh, the frozen tundra up here in uh, Canada anytime soon? Have you had a chance to visit much over the last little while? Um, you know, I finally actually got to go home and visit my parents just a couple of months ago. And mm. that it had been forever. Like they came because my daughter was actually born when I lived here in Slovenia the first time. And they came for that. And we're here for a few weeks to kind of just be here with me and meet her. And then with everything happening, um, like my parents, you know, my father's not in the best of health. He actually had a heart attack in the very beginning of the pandemic, which was pretty stressful for everyone concerned, especially him. Um, (laughs) Just, you know, definitely not nice for him. Um, And so my mom's been, you know, having to also kind of take care of him and make sure that everything's okay there. And that's really heavy, but I was nervous about flying back until I could get boosted because I really, I know that that kind of reduces the percentage that you would catch it. I didn't want to catch it on one of my three, you know, four flights to hop back to where they live. You know, I wanted to be able to see them properly. So I got boosted and I kind of went back immediately and it was just amazing to see them. And yeah, I miss them so much and I can't wait to get back again. And that's going to happen a lot more often now. So I'm very grateful for that. No, I'm so glad to hear it. That's wonderful. Um, well, we are coming up. We're a little over half an hour into the show. I want to respect your time. Um, I'll give the folks in YouTube a chance to type any other questions, and then we'll do a little prize uh, draw at the end of the show before we let you go. Uh, I think the prize this week will be uh, a free month of premium membership at rec.poker. So if you're in the YouTube chat and you'd like to be entered into the prize draw here, just type the word contest into the chat, and then uh, we'll roll a little magical die and see who's going to be the winner of a free month at rec.poker. Um, so yeah, type contest in the chat there now. And and of course, any other questions for Kara before we send her off? So Kara, um, it's such a fun podcast. I, I'm going to keep coming back to the podcast because we're podcast peeps. And uh, it's a great format. I think you're right that it really does kind of cut through to some meaningful subjects that then people have to engage with. And it's a great compatibility test. It's a great you know, actually get to know you beneath the surface 
level. Um, mm. It's called The Heart of Poker. I've put the link in the uh, chat here in YouTube, and we'll put it in our um, show notes for this episode as well. Uh, if it's not listening to the podcast, how do you prefer uh, folks and fans to reach out to you to connect if they, if they want to make a connection? Is it email or Twitter or Instagram? What's the best way to connect with you? Um, well, I am terrible about Instagram in that I almost never like tab over to read my messages. And then I remember and I'm like, oh, there's so many. And then I just post. it's <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really overwhelming. So I can't do it. <laughs> so Twitter, Twitter, I actually do stay up to date with. So that and and I love having, you know, conversations with people. And that's really nice to be able to hear what people are doing and thinking and, you know, talking about in terms of poker. So, yeah, that's the best place. That's awesome. At Kara OTR. And I could personally vouch for that if you just reach out and say some nice things and mention that you're Canadian in like the first line of the DM, then there's a chance you'll get Kara on the show. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, had, we, we had Daniel Negrani one uh, relatively recently. People were like, did you did you like really have to push the Canadian thing? I was like, it, it actually didn't come up. But when it came to Kara, I was like, first line, let's get it in there. I want to make sure that we know everyone has to know. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so we, we got a few. Um, uh, uh, one more question here from Donna in the chat. Where after Vegas uh, will you be going? Mm. So, so back to Slovenia at that point or more more plans? Yeah, back to Slovenia. Um, still trying to kind of settle in here. So that's going to take a bit of, of doing. And uh, yeah, just having a bit of a summer, I think, before I'm hoping to hit one of the 888 Live kind of events that are going to be coming up in the right. fall. So. Yeah, that's my plan. Play a little that's live awesome. poker. That yes, that's what we love so much. I am so desperate to get some live poker in, man. It is killing me. Yeah. yeah. Have you not, you've not had a lot of live poker yourself either. I, we, we, I played in a, uh, in a satellite league for the main event that met once a <laughs> month since the fall. And that's mm -hmm. basically the only live poker I've played in that time. So and he good... won it and has a seat and is playing in the main event. That is the good oh, news. Cool. Yes. <laughs> You're but totally I'm really not going to say that. Just slide right past that. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Kara. I, I am over the moon, yeah. but that's a bucket list item. For, I'm a recreational poker player, and I, I am just so excited to go down there and, and show up early. I'm going to be that guy in my seat 15 minutes before, soaking it all in, you know, playing right. week tight all day one. What are you going to do? So be it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I, I got to shake some rust off myself. I, I was kind of sneaking in a personal question there earlier because I got to figure out how I'm going to get myself more prepared too because i'm like doing myself a disservice by not putting some real time in mm -hmm. no i hear you i think you're gonna be great it's, <laughs> it's so much fun you just really have to enjoy yourself i think yeah and you get so many chips to start with it's mm. like, oh so you don't you definitely don't beat yourself up if something goes wrong because i've done that you know the few years that i was able to play before i started working at the main event you make a mistake whatever right. you lose some chips but like there's room. You can just kind of brush it off and, and move on and enjoy it. So fun. Oh, I'm yeah. playing it. Nice. Well, enjoying poker is something I am pretty good at. So I, I like my odds. I like my odds on that front. Um, okay. Well, you know what? We've, we're recording this at an earlier time in the day because uh, Kara is over in Europe. And so the time difference uh, made it impossible for us to record in our usual slot. So we've actually got fewer uh, audience members in YouTube right now. So I'm not even going to roll a die. I'm just going to say for all the members that have typed, typed contest into YouTube there, um, email me, jim at rec.poker, and you've each won uh, a free month of premium membership here. So uh, don't, we're not going to so bother cool. with the dive. 
Yeah, it's cool. Well, we we love it here. We're, we're this group of yeah. It, we, the more the merrier, you know. Let's let's get some it. voices in the room and spread this love of poker that we all have. So yeah, you send me that email, um, Slade and uh, Donna and whoever else is in there, Jamie, uh, Jim at Rec Poker, and we will make it happen. Okay. Well, Kara, this was exactly as much fun as I expected it to be. This was a real treat. Thank you for giving us this time. And I know you got so much going on back there at home. Um, it means a lot to uh, to steal some steal some uh, some time from you today. I have had such a good time, and I'm really glad you asked. And thank you for like accommodating the time difference and the fact that I couldn't do it for a while. Like I appreciate it so much, and thank you guys. And I'm happy to come back on whenever you like. And good luck. Oh, cheers! Vegas. Cheers! I well, will see you there. Oh yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Why not? Right? Why not? It's gotta yeah, gotta, if he gets if he gets to the final table, maybe leave an interview him. Right. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. Well, uh, I've got a, such a great shout out. Thanks to everyone um, in the chat who's been so much fun as we go here. Um, thanks to Kara Scott. We got her. We got her, guys. And um, of course, to uh, our producing co-host, Chris Jones over here, who's killing it. Um, on that side of things, um, of course, our uh, sponsors, website AMP, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and all you, the listeners, and those fun poker players out there, keep loving poker, and tune in next week. We'll talk again real soon.